Hello, Dre. Hi, Peter. Was I spooky? Was it was it as spooky as Diamanda Galas? Not at all. Okay, but are you ready to go digging? Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, today we're talking about, as we mentioned, Diamanda Galas and a live album she produced in 1993 called Vena Cava. Did this frighten you? In so many ways. In so many ways. Do you know anything whatsoever about Diamanda Galas? Nothing at all. Never even heard of her. Never even heard of her. But you have opinions by now, I'm sure. Oh, man? At least about this particular performance. Yes, I do. I took notes. All right. I can't wait to hear them. Okay, so Venicava, uh, if my if my Latin is slightly correct, it's something along the lines of the hollow vein. This is cobbled together from performances that Diamanda did in New York City around February and March of 1993, and then released as this album in nineteen in September of 1993. Most of it is more spoken than it is sung. Diamanda, for for those of you who do not know, is a very avant-garde performance artist. She specializes in very difficult topics. Uh, We're talking things like mental illness and AIDS and political injustice and genocide and all sorts of really scary shit. This particular performance focuses on the AIDS crisis as it was understood in the early 90s because her brother, Philippe Dimitri Galas, had died of AIDS a few years prior. So she was drawing on some of the experiences that she had through him in putting this piece together. Almost everything you hear in this is produced by Diamanda herself vocally with a couple small snippets of accordion and other vocals recorded from Philippe Dimitri earlier. Mm. Almost 62 minutes of Venacava in eight parts is just her being really scary and really intense. She has some incredible pipes that can produce some very scary sounds. Mm. Were you scared? disturbed disturbed is that would you think disturbed is a better adjective than scared for me yes okay i did pick up on this being performance art because all i could think was who is gonna sit and just watch her sing this because what the hell is going on Mm -hmm. as an artist i think diamanda galas is pretty incredible and i have a hard time digesting what she does Yeah, like I put down that she has quite the instrument when we're talking about her voice. She did some amazing things. It was like opera and I don't know what to call the rest, but opera and expressive and in your face and really quiet. Those were the nice parts, the quiet parts. I don't think the intent here was for anything to be nice. I I just said it was nice because it gave my ears a break. Well, I think that's important for something as 
as intense as this is. This was something that I feel like you cannot listen to on headphones because it got so quiet, even with turning up my headphones all the way, I struggled to hear what she was saying. It felt like she was going to make my head explode when she all of a sudden started screeching. And I know it's not screeching, but that's what I wrote down and I heard screeching. No, I think there are parts that it's it's fair to call it screeching. And I think parts where it was intended to be. I didn't write down all the questions because I was just asking questions like, what did he say? Do the numbers mean the rest of the tracks? And I listened to this probably start to finish maybe five or six times over the last week. How? The first couple of times with great difficulty. And I cannot discern any specific reason why the track breaks are where they are. And for those of you who have not seen the track listing here, every track is is just, you know, numbered. Venakava one, Venakava two, three, four, five, etc. There are eight of them. They range from just a minute 46 seconds at the low end for Venakava 6 up to almost 14 and a half minutes for Venakava 7. Why? I normally don't look things up, but I Googled this and I actually found names for the tracks. And I don't under it, it, it didn't help me at all. I don't know why these names go with these things, but whatever. At least on just the CD case. It's just got those, it's just got them numbered. Yeah, I found it like in an article, not like as a track listing though. I mean, I I did like when it first started and it was kind of like spooky. I'm like, oh, that's cool. And then, oh, oh, oh. As I understand it, and again, this is, this is way above my pay grade as far as um, art history and interpretation goes. As I understand it, she is... She is going through a series of, I don't know if they're personality changes or if she's actually embodying different people within a sanitarium type of environment. Mm -hmm. So she's channeling that kind of energy where she's like a bunch of people who are unhinged for one reason or another. Are they a bunch of people inside one person's head? That is possible, I suppose. I think it's probably more likely that they are different people. Um, I thought it was interesting, especially the sections where she is quoting specific other songs. Mm -hmm. And they range from things that maybe are a little obvious, like, like the section of Amazing Grace, up to a little more absurd or just a little humorous, like where she was singing parts of the Beer Barrel Polka. That's, that's really how I felt listening. It's like, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. If we try to divorce the sounds here from their context and the intent, you could take huge chunks of this and just like put it into a spooky sounds compilation and run it during your haunted house, and you could scare the shit out of some people. Absolutely. Like, I, I really want to know what her performance is like was she just standing there singing and we watch or are there dancers or what what else is going on on that stage yeah her she is so talented but her shit is so intense i don't even think i'm going to try assigning a a rating to this because i don't think i can this is a case of 
I can really appreciate the artistry and I want to know more about what's going on, like the rationale behind everything. Cause I'm pretty sure every single note, every phrase, every syllable, every interpretation on here has a specific rationale behind it. And I want to know what that is. That's why we're interested in the art. Maybe, but not me. Now we never, we never actually got around to, and I meant to talk about personal history with this, with this particular artist. You know, I'm curious. I had a hell that this ends up in your collection. Diamanda Galas is the kind of artist who in the nineties, you would find ads for her music, like in the back of magazines that appealed to people with alternative viewpoints. I don't remember what magazine it was I saw the ad for, but I decided that sounds interesting. It wasn't this album. The first album from this artist that I ever got was called Malediction and Prayer. Compared to this, it is absolutely straightforward. It is a series of like classic blues songs done solo with piano. And I, I want to stress this. this. This is straightforward only in comparison to something like this. When I got that album, I could not make it through the first track. Because just in the, in the very... And that's also a, an album that is a, a live performance. Right in that very first track on that very first album I listened to, she goes into that high screeching wail... And it took me a long time just to be able to listen to that. And by the time I was able to listen to the whole thing, I was like, this is brilliant. This is amazing. There is a cover of 25 Minutes to Go, which is already a song about an execution. And you can hear the terror in her voice every second of it. You went and bought more. Yes. Apart from this, I still have four more albums and they are all difficult. But this is not the kind of artist you sit down and expect an easy listen for. This is the kind of artist you expect to be forced to struggle with, feeling like you have something to think about. If you want an entree into Diamante Galas, start with malediction and prayer and struggle with that for a while first so tickled that you're saying struggle with it who wants to struggle i don't well it's i i mean maybe it's kind of along the lines of if it's worth doing it's not necessarily going to be easy think of it as art that makes you think all right i'll let it have that because this this the whole time i'm like this is art this is not music this is art so some whatever yeah that's good she is totally an artist i would pay good money to see perform something live not knowing what it's going to be i don't know about that no if it's just her like i don't mm -mm. i would need something else to be able to sit through this like a visual performance or art up behind her or something Mm -hmm. my eyes interested that goes along with it yeah, I would need something to look at to go with it to 
help it make more sense or Mm -hmm. even if the art is wild and doesn't completely make sense just something else because just sitting listening to her screech and cry and wail and whisper and talk she does other types of art too so it it wouldn't surprise me to if someone said yes there's always something else there so i'm wondering could she pair one of those other arts with this and then round us on out that'd be great but you can be sure that if i see something that's accessible to me that has her performing i'm going to go even if I expect to be wildly disturbed by it. You on your own, buddy. You're not coming with me? Uh-uh. I will go to Weird Al first. It's a date. Whoa, I didn't say I'm going. <laughs> this album wasn't fair to me. Was it supposed to be? Now, listen, with the history now, no, no. Anyway, hardcore stuff. Heavy. Dense. Intense scary, very creative, and I'm not really sure how else to describe it. I think all of those words are fitting. And now I know that you'll go to Weird Al. No, no, I will not. I'm curious if her music has ever been played in a art gallery. I think we can probably guarantee that as a yes. Like, I'd like to see the art of the person that said, that's what I want you to play. When people come see my art, I bet that was awesome. I think you're probably a lot more more likely to hear Gloss in an art gallery than you are anywhere else. Imagine so, because that's the feeling I got outside of, you know, all of the WTF. It was, where's the other art? There's more. There has to be more. This is not going to be something you're going to forget anytime soon. Oh, no. no. This is going to haunt you. If I have nightmares, I'm coming to get you. I wonder if she's ever done opera or was trained in opera. She has at least some formal training in opera of some sort. Has she ever had a teddy bear? That's a very good question. Some ice cream. Something soft and and loving. Has Has she ever seen a rainbow? A sunrise. So I've already said that I cannot assign this a score as we would traditionally do. Do you think you can? After talking about it, no, because it makes sense in the vein of what it is, but as a musical album to rate, like, from a music standpoint, no, no. Okay, well, maybe by the time we, if we ever get to another one of her albums that I have, maybe we'll have a better grip on it. Or is that, is the next time one of those comes up going to be the day you quit? I'll let you know. So are we ready to find out what's coming next? Yes, we are. That's hopefully a little less intense than this. Oh my God. Hey Google, give me a number between 1 and 2,102. 1,161. We, We have got something considerably less intense. We are going to be talking about Hunter by Morgan James. We'll see what happens. And that's our show for this week. Please rate and review us on whatever platform you're listening through, and feel free to leave a voice message on our page at anchor.fm. There's a link to it in the show description. Thank you to Dre for joining me, and thank you for joining us. Until next time, 
Be good to your music. It's been good to you. Thank you.